0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hi, everyone. I am here with the lovely Ashley Hoover Baker from On This Day Entertainment Podcast, and she's also the head writer of the Taste of Reality blog. How are you doing?
0: I'm excellent, Mandy. I'm so glad to be here.
1: I know. We've had this set up for a very long time, so I'm thrilled to get to break down my favorite franchise, Potomac, with you.
0: Oh, and I feel so honored to be here for the premiere episode. Thank you.
1: I know. I'm so excited. And let's just say it was worth the wait.
0: Well, I think I might have a different perspective because I'm one of the newbies to Potomac. Like I just finished the binge like in the last six weeks of my life, with the exception of watching like current Ronies, current uh, New York's uh, Ronies in Beverly Hills. Um, My life has been Potomac. So I have just ingested so much and I am so unbelievably here for it.
1: You probably are going to have a better perspective than me because I haven't seen since last season. I didn't do any rewatching. So I was just letting it wash over me. I was so ready. I wanted to like start with a clean slate with the women and not carry last year's grudges <laughs> into today. Right, <laughs> even though this was all filmed last year.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the thing, and that's kind of the tricky thing with me as a writer, you know, for Taste of Reality, as you said, because I my job is to stay up on the news, like whatever is happening current day in Real Housewife, Bravo, reality TV world. I'm looking at it current day. So I've been writing about this. Well, when we get to, well, let's talk to Tomac. Like I've been writing about this Candace Monique fight, even from before I was watching the show, I've been writing about it for six, eight months now from when it happened. So I really see things in its progression from real life through the media to like actually on camera.
1: Well, let's get into that. What actually happened? Or do you think we should all wait to see it unfold? Like there was an altercation at a winery mm-hmm. or something like that. You can see the footage on Instagram. People, you've posted it. Other people have posted it. And they were both charged with like second degree something assault. Yes. And then charges were dropped on both. Is that basically exactly. the gist of it? Okay. Okay.
0: From what I understand, it was Candace who went out and got the law, like started lawyering up and doing, going that method. And at that point, from what I understand, and there are some questionable sources. I did a lot of digging and um, there were some better sources, some not great sources. The one not great source said um, that Candace started by throwing the wine And then Monique retaliated by uh, pulling her hair and then three punches in the face. (gasps) But that's like one source from like kind of like a blog, not so much a news source, like an Us Weekly, a People, a TMZ. So that was per source from a blog. So I don't know what to make of that. But um, yeah, it looks really bad. The judge said nothing. Just move on. He didn't even honor either one of them, but obviously there was a physical altercation and the crazy thing is that it looks like most people are taking Candace's side as far as the cast and that boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, I can't believe they're taking her side, but I wonder if like Monique took it to a place that they felt crossed a line.
0: Well, and I think, gosh, Giselle, that voiceover that they've been using like in the preview and at the beginning of the episode with the you know, Giselle says, we, uh, we've we come so far in this community for it all to be taken away in one second. And I think that's really what it was. And I actually had this conversation yesterday with um, Chelsea from the Oh No Bravo page on Instagram that even if Candice did start it with throwing a drink, yeah. there's a big difference between throwing a drink and throwing a punch. Neither are okay, but in that gray level, there's different degrees yeah, it's
1: really interesting. So let's, let's start kind of setting the scene. It's this ominous scene of broken glass and there's a first aid kit and you hear Karen and then Giselle breathless, breathlessly say, like, I never thought as a black woman we'd be here right now, but we can't brush this under the rug and we have to hold ourselves above the stereotype. And in five minutes, she took it away. And it's just to see Giselle and Karen appear to be sort of the elders of the group, bringing them all together on the same page is really like interesting and a fascinating dynamic. What do you think?
0: That's one thing I love about Potomac and it's been consistent, even though the cast has changed, that it's been pretty much three generations of Potomac ladies we see our boomer, the grand is Karen Huger, and then there's Giselle and Robin who are like kind of, you know, maybe on the Gen X side. And then there are the millennials, the Ashleys, the Moniques, the Candaces. So seeing that dynamic of the age ranges and like those like kind of like I really like the maternal relationship between Karen and mm-hmm. some of these ladies and i think that's really refreshing on these shows especially when somebody like Candace has a mother figure and she still is able to find that with Karen right to and she ha- <laughs> her get mother, into it her but actual mother <laughs>
1: So then they do a timestamp seven weeks earlier, and we know whenever there is a timestamp, shit is going down. It means something great happened. I've never seen the producers use a timestamp and it something, you know, not actually pan out to be dramatic.
0: Agreed.
1: So we move back seven weeks earlier and Monique's pet bird to chala? I, can't. I know it's from um the movie. <laughs>
0: What's the right, movie Black Panther. That
1: Black Panther. But I was telling Ryan Bailey, I was on his podcast week that when I saw it in writing, it made me think of challah, like the Jewish bread that you eat on Shabbat, like on Friday nights. <laughs>
0: You Which is delicious, by the uh,
1: way. It's my favorite thing. And it. I'm actually making some. My future stepmom, Joyce, isn't Jewish, but has taken it upon herself to learn how to make challah bread. And we're all going to do it together for Shabbat next week when I'm in Minnesota. So whenever oh. I, I kept seeing this bird, I just kept thinking of like challah. Challah! Challah! <laughs> And then she's potty training this bird, which who can she potty train, honestly?
0: <laughs> this woman and I and and this is a very polarizing opinion. Typically, not always, I don't love seeing people's kids on Bravo. I know these housewives have children, but I don't need a lot of kid content on my Bravo screen. Fair, totally fair. Yeah, but for some reason on Potomac, I really enjoy The, I enjoy Giselle's girls who are older now, but I really enjoy Monique's children are adorable and I'm obsessed with them. And I feel like I have a higher tolerance for watching kids on Potomac than other franchises but that bird just really makes people like me feel bad about themselves (laughs) like she looks amazing she has three kids has this perfect body I have two turtles and a dog and I can't manage keeping everything clean and watered and fed and oh my god you have turtles more than I can handle I do I have two turtles I used to
1: have two turtles
0: Oh, my gosh, how fun. Yeah, they're really cool pets. They
1: are. It's hard when they're young, though, because they're so fragile. But as they get bigger, they become, like, pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, That's a whole other story, which I told, (laughs) actually, on Hannah Brown's podcast. So if anyone wants to listen, it is a wild story about me calling the U.S. Department of Agriculture and reporting myself for buying illegal turtles by accident. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. And that is, sounds and, amazing. And
1: I used, like, all of my tax refund money that year to buy a turtle topper condo for my 75-gallon tank that I had, which I bought from someone who was running an opium den. Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> because I hate I, when that
1: happens. I was like, <laughs> it's like the most insane, like, unplanned, bizarre I was doing HIV outreach. I was handing out condoms and talking to people about HIV testing, and I ended up buying two what I thought were miniature turtles. Turns out they were just babies. And then oh thousands of dollars later, money I did not have spent on creating an insane habitat for these animals. Oh, my So God. Okay, but that was... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so anyway, so I love meeting other turtle people. I I learned to really love them. They're such a fun um, you know, underrated reptile.
0: I agree. It's like watching your own per- personal dinosaur. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> okay,
1: so we've got Monique and the bird. And then we see um, her bring the bird to Karen's house. And Karen has finally moved over back to Potomac, crossing over the river from Virginia, Great Falls to Potomac, Maryland. And Karen's being so shocked at that bird. I rewound it like three times.
0: Karen gives us the best facial um, expressions. Like her reaction shots, her eyes, and the way she moves her neck. Like I can just, I could watch Karen Huger on mute and enjoy every second.
1: I adore her.
0: It took me a minute. And I don't know if it's just because I just watched Potomac and in this climate and people are struggling and to see all the money and the whole like, your rank socially is based on like, how much money you come from, like the whole like essence was just didn't quite sit well with me at first, especially with Karen. But season three, when we sat down at the press conference. Oh my God, yes. And in that moment, when I realized that she is in on the joke and I pretty much like, I think of Karen Huger as like the Mariah Carey of Bravo. In that, like, (laughs) she's in on the joke. Like, this is all part of the act, and that's why it's funny. Uh, People don't understand Mariah and think she's a terrible person and all this. Maybe they're right, but I think it's a a joke, and she's in on it, and it's all in fun.
1: Yeah, the wealth thing is so interesting because it reminded me of the beginning of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, where they talk about kind of new money and black wealth and acknowledging Mm -hmm. that up until recently and even there's so much economic disparity between races in the United States, but acknowledging that, like, I don't know, it's like new money and that for so long black people weren't able to own real estate or buy houses in certain neighborhoods or hold certain jobs and things like that. So they're of this, like, new generation of wealthy black people and they want to show it off and it to me it doesn't bother me in the way that sometimes you know during such hard economic times watching Beverly Hills feels like a little and we'll get into that it feels uh, almost distasteful with what's happening economically right now
0: literally feels dirty
1: you know and with Potomac it just feels different to me I guess
0: and that's absolutely true. It's definitely a different feeling between the two shows. And I definitely understand and agree with you on that.
1: And it's just fascinating to see how they talk about race on Potomac. And it is just a constant topic in a way that feels authentic, educational, you know, for the right. audience. You know, when they visited uh, Louisiana and the plantation last season, you know, and, and talking about what percentage they are white and how that happened and all of right. that. So I feel like it's just it's just the best franchise. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> and I feel like going back to season one, the reunion, it was brought up by Katie and she said something to the women. And I thought it was fascinating. Again, just watching Potomac in this climate right now. She said, why is everything always about race with you women? And my jaw dropped Mm -hmm. because, like, as I'm learning and as I'm growing as, you know, a basic white girl, I'm listening more. I'm being more aware. And when you're a minority, race is everything because your life is constantly working to just get to the same starting point as people like me that I just happen to be born with. So... To hear a Black woman say that was really interesting, and the women on the show were not having it. They were like, "Uh uh-uh, girl.
1: And then you have Candace come in season three, and she just elevates it a bit. And, you know, she studied at Howard, and she feels very comfortable talking about race, and I really think that it's going to be interesting to see how she talks about things while the show is airing as well.
0: I agree. And I saw she just got a, accepted into some program uh, that she's going back to school. She just announced that. And I'm very happy for her. And I'm excited to see where that takes her.
1: Oh, that's so exciting. I didn't know she was going back to school. Awesome. And she
0: just got some like, um, I don't want to say scholarship, but some program that she was um, admitted to. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Go, girl.
1: Um, so then we hear from Karen for the first time, I think, in five seasons now that she actually is having some issues in, with her marriage and that it stems from the fact that they have a pretty big age difference. They're like 20 something years apart and Ray is ready to retire and settle down. And Karen has started her fragrance line and is running around for, to meetings and traveling and it's taking a toll on their marriage. And I never thought I would see the day where she opened up about the institution <laughs> she calls her marriage.
0: It was shocking and very hard to hear because 2020, give us a break already. I can't handle Karen Huger not being okay after the way we saw that her kiss, her man, and the passion, as uncomfortable as that kiss was, the passion between those two, I really... And the fact that they've been through so much yeah, financially, it's, it's tough. It's very tough. And people who've been together that long, it's not easy to see, but yeah. I love that we're yeah. seeing it and it's honest and it's real. I mean, a 20-year age difference.
1: It's so interesting. I feel like didn't their daughter just go away to school?
0: Mm-hmm. So I remember my
1: mom told me when we left the nest that you either grow together or you grow apart from your partner because so much of what you do together is based on your children and that's the thing Mm -hmm. that you have in common and that holds you together and holds the marriage and the family together for many people and then all of a sudden the kids are out of the house and you are just stuck with this other human being who you've been married to but haven't had a whole lot of time to focus on and you either figure out how to move together and find common interests and travel together and do fun things, get, we get to know each other, or you realize I have nothing in common with you anymore.
0: Well, and I think there's also the age difference, but then again, and then I think it's different between their generation and our generation But the fact that she wants to be not independent, not saying that she's gonna leave him or anything, but like she wants to be able to do her own thing and have her name on something and be a part of like something bigger. And I think a lot of times men don't always love that. And if he's been used to having her around the house and tending to the needs of the house and whatnot, like, and all of a sudden she's busy and doing other things with other people. Like I feel a lot of times men get threatened. And I think that's probably a part of that too.
1: Well, then we get to see Giselle's house, which it's like, it looked like a suite at the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas from the early 1990s. Is that, am I accurate on that description? You're very accurate on that. (laughs) I described
0: it, I described it as, you know, how like when it's come, go back to school time and Target like has that section where it's all like, get your college dorm room ready. It reminded me of like a slightly more elevated version of that. Like it was like a fancy kind of like, I'm going away. This is my dorm. It's my first place away from my home. Like it did not feel like an adult's house.
1: It's so funny. It's, It's just tacky. Like I think her style is tacky. And for someone who is so gorgeous, I mean, she is a stunning woman. I find her to have poor style. And I don't think I have great style, but like, I feel you can call it Giselle.
0: <laughs> no, Giselle is definitely not a great dresser. And for somebody who's just aesthetically perfect as she is, it's very bizarre.
1: She's got that two-story master suite. Woo! I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. And I need to take some notes because that is one thing I would not mind.
1: So she's back together with her ex-husband, Jamal, after 12 years being divorced. And he lives in Atlanta. What do you think of that?
0: I mean, you always want people to be happy. And you don't really know what's happening. But the second her girls said something, and she was just like, well, you know, we're the adults. We're going to make the adult decisions. I was like, but the fact that, like, your girls came to you and said something... Even if she knew what she was going to say, I think she should have. And I love Giselle as a mom. And again, I don't love seeing kids on screen on Bravo, but I do love watching her with her kids. And I think she kind of, and I hate judging anybody's parents. I'm parenting, I'm not a mother. But I think she kind of missed the mark. Like, well, I really appreciate your comments. It's something I'm definitely going to think about. And, you know, we'll see where this goes. But she made it clear she wasn't really hearing them. Right. And
1: I don't know. I just think that, they were they're on to something if they think that their father jamal is being performative as a father as a way to get in their mom's pants then that is a pretty icky and dark thing and they're probably right about it if he's showing them attention that he hasn't shown them in 12 years because he's back Mm -hmm. with their mom ugh. i don't know
0: It's rough. It's It's rough.
1: rough. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to judge too much. But if all of your friends and your children don't think you should be with your ex-husband, maybe that's not the best decision for you.
0: Right. And there it's his it's their kid. It's their dad. Right. It's not like it's like a random stepdad. <laughs> it's their father. Like, I know. Hey, like, we have the parent trap. All we have, like, this iconic movie about getting parents back together. Like, these kids are like, nah, I don't want that. Like, that's like the opposite reaction. So
1: that tells me something. And it's like they don't want it because they think he's going to hurt her again. You know that that's they're worried about it.
0: And that's the sweetest thing. And why isn't she hearing that?
1: I don't think Giselle likes to hear things. I mean, people were talking about her, the last guy she was with, and he had some shady past, and she got all angry with people for talking about it. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, if things are out there and they're public.
0: Well, and she's the one always making sure we're on the street. I mean, yeah, I know, She's the one right? talking about everybody else, so... And then when she's
1: like, but when you talk about the home that I have with my children, she said that later in that episode to Candace. And it's like, is Candace, because she doesn't have kids, you can make fun of her home? like,
0: <laughs> Right, exactly. And she's not even having, like, her mom's not even paying for it anymore. So right. I think we need to move on from that.
1: Then we see Ashley, who just had Dean three months earlier. And I feel so bad for Ashley. She clearly has postpartum anxiety and depression. And everyone's kind of like, she's kind of making fun of it. Her husband seems to be sort of making fun of it, that she is afraid to leave the house. She's worried about all these things that can happen to baby Dean. And I don't know, I feel like no one's taking it as seriously as
0: I think it should be taken. I agree. I thought that was very, str- and I feel for her. I mean, oh especially God, in the world yeah. we're in right now, I have multiple sclerosis. So every time I leave the house, like I'm so paranoid because just anything gets me so sick, like just a common cold that would take a regular person three or four days to get over will take me a couple weeks. So I totally understand her paranoia and wish people could try to at least try to put themselves in her shoes. Totally. I, my heart my heart was out for her. And I love Ashley.
1: <sighs> Ashley, I don't know how I feel about her. She's the one I I'm kind of like, I don't know about you, girl, because of Michael. And I don't I don't want to judge someone based on their spouse's behavior, but mm-hmm. she chooses to stay with him and I don't know and then keeps not wanting it to be discussed publicly on camera while you're on a reality show so it's like I don't know none of this all kind of like makes sense to me
0: but we'll see that we'll see that's where it gets complicated for me as well Michael is a terrible person and when you choose that person and fight for somebody terrible that makes me question you but just I, I think I would be friends with Ashley I think she's cool
1: Oh, as an individual, she's she seems super cool.
0: We both drink like frat boys, and I find comfort <laughs> in that.
1: Oh, what does she like? She likes Corona, right?
0: Yeah, she, she drinks mostly Corona, but she's a beer drinker. She's drank a few different varieties of beer, but nine out of ten times she's holding a beer, and I love that about her.
1: Love it, especially about a housewife. They're usually into the cocktails or the wine or The champagne.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Then we get a look at Robin and Juan, who plan to get married and move into a bigger house. They are so sweet.
0: I stan. First of all, Juan is by far the hottest husband. Oh, on my Bravo God. For me. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Juan Dixon could get it like any any day. And Robin is stunning. And I love them together. I love their boys. I'm just so happy for them.
1: It seems like it's finally come full circle.
0: And I'm so happy. And I love that she did like the perfect clap back online. I don't know if you saw somebody um, had written something about her tagline. Like you say you live with ballers. You must be talking about sports and not money. And she wrote back. Yeah, I'm the broke one. Remember? And I was just (laughs) like, oh, she's perfect. She's perfect.
1: You have to be somewhat self-deprecating to be on this show. You can't take it so seriously all of the time. Exactly. So then we Kyle actually Richards. oh yeah, Kyle Richards. <laughs> then we get uh Candace and Giselle go to taste test desserts for her 1-year anniversary party and they just keep trading jabs with each other and it's like again it goes back to like the you can't criticize my house like, I built it for my children and it's like okay well <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the perfect level of petty. First of all, who fights over dessert? Like, you're eating sweets. Why? What, what, what is there to argue about? Like, this is as close to heaven as we're going to get. But when the waiter came back at the very end after all the shade, Candace took a bite and said, I like the carrot cake. And just to shade Giselle, because that was the one she didn't like, I was like, Candace is petty AF, and I love it. It's so
1: funny. They're just funny together. I appreciate, I think Giselle appreciates Candace now for the game Uh, that she plays, you know?
0: Candace is not likable, but she's an amazing housewife and I don't feel she's a bad person. Like I'm really starting to feel like, like Ramona Singer, she's I'm seeing a really gross side of her and like Candace has problematic behaviors, but I don't see her being like a not good soul.
1: Yeah. Although <laughs> it comes up that she was text or er, not texting, tweeting really awful things about Ashley while Ashley was in labor, calling her a Which roach. Is, and so she tweets, it's, disgusting. it's as if she tweets as if people aren't going to see those tweets. And then is kind of shocked when she's called out for
0: it. Almost like Camille,
1: (laughs) you know, like, do you think people don't see?
0: Yeah, like people aren't going to see your tweet. Like, come on.
1: Oh, my gosh. And I think that, you know, Giselle, everyone seems to want Candace to apologize to Ashley so they can all move forward. And Monique kind of takes the rein on trying to move that um, because Monique and uh, Candace actually did make up which for whatever reason I kind of forgot because I remember right. all last season they were just fighting and I will drag you pregnant and all oh so good it was so good
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that Ashley and Monique are both mothers now and they had babies similar in the same age And I really feel that Monique was just kind of, like, triggered as a mother. Like, you can't do that. Like, she was giving birth. Stop it. No, you need to – you have no idea. I really think she – Candace was so stupid to do that and so childish and petty. She doesn't get it. I don't get it. We need to stay the hell out of those maternal things.
1: Right. It's just – well, just apologize. I mean, don't you think you have something to apologize for, calling someone a name like that? You could be upset with Ashley's behavior. You don't need to call her names. Exactly. So it's interesting to see Ashley and Monique's friendship and bonding over being parents because they keep talking about how they're holistic, and you see Monique trying to potty train her nine month old and it being successful and that's impressive so maybe they all know something that I don't but I f- I was worried I was like where are we gonna veer into the like you know anti-vaxxer QAnon conspiracy stuff that like Monique very much peddles. <laughs> it's
0: like right no, is no that's that gonna very show concerning up? to me <laughs> yeah no I love my essential oils I would rather wear essential oils than perfume you know because there's no chemicals whatnot but like As somebody with a chronic illness, I'm not rubbing lavender on my chest before I go to bed because I think it's going to cure my chronic illness. (laughs) But it smells good and it feels good, so I like it, but no, it's... Yeah, we have a place for those things.
1: Um, The best part of the entire episode was when they're talking about Candace and Ashley was like, you know, basically says, um, I'm not ready to make up with that you know hamster faced hoe. and then they show candace next to a hamster i i died i died the shade so shady
0: <laughs> so shady and perfect i loved it i loved it i wouldn't love it if i was candace but it was it's funny cuz it's true
1: hamster faced hoe. if anyone ever called me that I don't know if I would laugh or cry, but it would be one extreme.
0: (laughs) Right. I think it's funny. Like, I I mean, I would, I would laugh at it because at this point in my life, I've learned to laugh at it. So I don't cry. So if somebody called me a hamster face hoe and put me next to one, and if I resembled that picture of a hamster, I think I would have to laugh.
1: Oh my God. I mean, it was just, it was a great photo. Um. Oh, then perfect. we finally meet Wendy, the new housewife. So I am such a fan of this woman already. I cannot wait to learn more about her. You know, I live in D.C. and Wendy is your typical D.C. person, I would say, in terms of career. Because when you mm-hmm. think about Beverly Hills, you know, you think about Hollywood and being an actor And, you know, when you think about New York, there's Wall Street, right, and finance and fashion. And then D.C., it's government. And so to Mm -hmm. see, and Candace has been involved in campaigns and things like that. So to see this housewife who is a professor and a political commentator, I'm like, damn, yes, that is very accurate to this city, you know?
0: It's perfect. And watching her as the correspondent for like mainstream news channels, just going on and just everything she said, she said so eloquently with confidence, just such a a well-educated opinion. And I am just absolutely here for her.
1: Which I feel like we're not used to seeing as a housewife. Although I have to say that Portia lately, when she goes on the news and is talking about Black Lives Matter, she is educating all our asses. Oh my god, on civil rights, on you know nonviolent um, you know actions and right. She's there. We've they're come incredible. so far. We've yeah, come so far.
0: Lack of knowledge of the Underground Railroad to now. I mean, she really has come a long way.
1: And then you've got people like Teresa Giudici or whatever, who like I would never listen to talk about anything happening in the world.
0: She is by far, I think, the most uneducated maybe because mm-hmm. she's ignorant. But I feel like Kelly Dodd's probably the most ignorant. I, I guess what I want to say is Teresa's probably the least intelligent of yeah. the housewives. She didn't know who Charles Manson was. Like, how do you not know who Charles Manson is? <laughs> Oh, like I wasn't alive during that time. Neither was I. Like I know John Lennon is too. Like, is that crazy? <laughs> I'm going to throw in a Jimi Hendrix
1: too. Come on. And so Wendy, I did a deep dive on Wendy. So Wendy Osefo, um, she's got like four degrees, including a PhD in public affairs and community development at Rutgers. She's an assistant Ugh. professor at Johns Hopkins school of education. Um, But, What's really cool is she started, I think it's a nonprofit, called the um, 1954 Equity Project. Um, So I don't know if it's a nonprofit or something, but it's basically an ode to the Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court decision, which was in 1954. And so they provide tools, mentorship, resources for underrepresented minorities to thrive in higher education. And I just think that's a pretty awesome thing to do.
0: This is what we need to see on Bravo. This is what we want to see. People doing good and putting other people's lives, acknowledging the privilege that we have on this show and helping others. That's what I like to see.
1: I was very intrigued to hear that Karen Huger had been on various boards with Wendy and was not impressed, which leads me to think that Wendy, like at some point kind of read Karen for filth or something you
0: know (laughs) it has to be the only reason karen at at this point what i think she has to just be so threatened by wendy and wendy's confidence and intelligence and ability to read and i think karen is shook i think karen is just beside herself
1: yeah so (laughs) Then they all show up to Candace's one-year anniversary party. Everyone but Ashley, who's not friends with Candace and doesn't leave her home right now. So it's, what was the theme? Diamonds and... Diamonds
0: and denim. Denim,
1: yes. Special.
0: <laughs> it re- it was like, it reminded me of that iconic Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake denim outfit. Yeah, The matching denim outfits from the 2001 VMAs. No, AMAs. I wish I didn't know that offhand, but I do. <laughs> I'm impressed. And I feel like, yeah, thank you know I love my Britney. And um I like I feel like Candace was like the wish dot com version of Britney Spears in that moment. She just it didn't work. And I think Candace puts herself together so beautifully, usually. And I hated this look.
1: It's so funny. I thought she looked great in the outfit. I
0: just didn't like the outfit. Right. does that make sense? Right, I hated the dress, the denim boots. I thought were fierce, but uh, together it was a mess. It was a mess.
1: <laughs> and so they all show up, and it's like you see Wendy, and you see all these ladies, and then Charisse comes, and Robin isn't sure if Charisse and Candace are even friends. But later it comes out online that Charisse is friends with Candace and was invited to her Wendy wedding and couldn't make it, so. Interesting. But then we find out that Charisse has been spreading rumors about Monique and about her family. And so this is something I did not. Do you think Sharice is just trying to be messy to get back on the show? A la Brandy Glanville?
0: Definitely maybe. (laughs) But I think that maybe this Monique affair might lend to the fight, the physical fight between her and Candace. I'm thinking maybe oh. Candace said something about the affair and that's what tips Monique off. But I think, I think you're exactly right. I think, I think, um, uh, I can't think of her name right now. The one who used to be a housewife, Sharice, uh, Sharice. I think she's trying to pull up Brandy Glanville and just start something to get on the show. And
1: yeah. So I in- think, In this episode, Monique, you see the they break the fourth wall and you see the producer asking Monique, you know, what exactly are these rumors? Monique will not share. She will not say on camera. But in episode two that was pre-released, she still won't say it, but Jill's like, I'll tell everyone. And it turns out that apparently Monique was seen around town very close with her trainer. And there was a rumor that she was having an affair with her trainer. So I thought it was something way worse than that because I feel like you could easily be like, no, that's not at all what's going on. You know, I thought it was, I don't know, something about her kids, something about who, who knows.
0: Right. Yeah, I found that. I just don't know that she would ever do something like that. Like she has such a nice life. Because of her husband, the lifestyle that she has, a lot of it is because of him and his contribution she has i just she's on a tv show i just don't think she would go out and be that careless like being out in town like if she was gonna cheat i think she would silently cheat and not like go out and be seen with okay that makes
1: a lot more sense like if she's close with this guy and they're seen in the same car going places in public he could be a friend that's what i think i just don't know why she's so bob i don't know maybe maybe it's because i'm not married but i feel like i wouldn't be bothered by people talking about me if i knew it wasn't true
0: denise richards yeah
1: (laughs) we'll get to that in just a minute um so then we see the speeches at the party we've got dorothy candace's mom say that she's been married 35 years spanning two marriages (laughs) two husbands.
0: Brilliant.
1: Um and then Karen takes the mic and is drunk and is saying how her marriage basically isn't in trouble right now. And it's just like what is happening? Everyone is giving each other side eye.
0: <laughs> oh, it was, the only person who wasn't in on that joke was Karen Huger. Like she had no idea how Off, she sounded in that moment, and it just kept on going and going. It was crazy. And then we get Dorothea saying, Thank you for like making love to my daughter. Oh my god, it was all just (laughs) so bizarre. I rewound, I was like, Did she just say thank you for making love to my daughter? I was like, I heard that right.
1: Oh my god, I (laughs) get Dorothy is so such an interesting person, but is such a troubling mom to watch.
0: It's very hard. It's very, Mother Dearest. It's, but Candace let it happen for too long, and the fact that Candace took her money for so long, and Candace have is a big part of the problem too.
1: Also, if you guys want to listen, Megan O'Donnell and Cara Berry um, are doing a podcast series called Mommy Dearest on various housewives and their mom's relationship. And they did oh, one God. on Candace and Dorothy and Monty Marcus for mixing with Moni, is on that one. So you can Ooh, go to Bravo Happy God. Hour and listen to it. It is fantastic.
0: Love it. I can't wait to listen.
1: Any kind of final thoughts on Potomac, what we're going to see?
0: I guess I'm just going to, I think I'm most excited for the Ashley Darby, uh, Michael affair. I mean, I think most people are talking about the physical fight between Candace and Monique. I am very interested in this Ashley Darby. She just had her first baby. And all of a sudden her husband is on video with shockingly another woman. I mean, I don't follow a man, but he neither here nor there. He was in a <laughs> hotel room and out drinking in a casino with another woman. I can't wait for it. Poor Ashley. I think she'll never leave him. I don't think so. And that makes me crazy because she could do she could literally be with any man she wanted to be with. And She's with the alien like thumb person. Like he looks like he looks like a gargoyle. Like he's very No, it would be different if
1: he life. was nice and treated her well, but because he's so mean to her and right. he gaslights her. I mean, he cheats on her, he grabs a cameraman's ass, and then he makes Everyone else is crazy, even though there are multiple witnesses, there's multiple people who see things and it's always everyone else is out to get him and they're making things up. How could every single season there be a problem with him?
0: I'll never get over the fact that he wanted her to like disown her mom, essentially, and like cut her off and like not support her, like not help her during transitions. Like, I just thought that was so cruel. Yeah,
1: it's, oh, that's also another, but it seems like her mom and her have a good relationship now and everything we seems do. fine. And, you know, I understand putting, again, it's probably a boundary issue with her and her mom, but just right. the opposite way. Exactly. As Candace. Shall we get into The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? We shall. We shall. I, again, it starts with a timestamp. So I'm thinking this is going to be an incredible episode, but I don't know. It's just, I'm not, I'm into it a little bit, but I feel like because we heard so much about this before it aired, it took some of the, I don't know what out of it. The excitement. The sparkle
0: has dulled. Yeah. It's, this is what we've been waiting for. And now that it's here, it's just like, I don't hate it. Like, it's so much better than last year, but it should be so much better.
1: I wish that the people and the women of Beverly Hills and the producers and everyone around them would just shut their mouths and let us watch it on the air. Like, I don't like that they leak so many things. You know, Mm -hmm. we knew that Candace and Monique had an altercation, but not a whole lot was leaked about what caused it you know, anything like that. And I would prefer to watch it unfold on camera.
0: Amen. And I blame Brandi Glanville for all of this because she has been just posting so many thirsty things and just trying so hard to become relevant, whether or not it's true. She's been trying so hard and it's taken a lot of the pizzazz away from it.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's not as fun to watch. So 30 minutes after dinner, they split up into two rooms, Kyle's suite and Garcelle's suite. And Kyle's suite is Kyle, Teddy, Sutton, Renan, and Erica. And in Garcelle's suite is Denise, Garcelle, and Dorit. Where would you go?
0: Definitely with Garcelle and Denise. And it was Dorit, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Dorit that's where i would go. those are the real people. like i really feel like both of those women were concerned for brand or for uh denise. they wanted to be there for her. and the other room though i think some of those women are really nice good women that if they were in denise's room they would have been good friends to her, but i'm just i'm so over the mean girl aspect on this show and just the holding on to petty stuff like I I just, honestly, I really, I've never liked Teddy, like all of us, but after last week's episode, when she just, when she was hurt about, her feelings were hurt. And as a result of her feelings being hurt, she exposed this thing that was nobody's business about somebody else's sexual activity that should not have been brought up at the table as Sutton would say. But um, yeah, I just wouldn't want to be around Teddy. I think Teddy's just the...
1: I know. I do want to be around Sutton, though, so I may have gone to the other room to to hear right. what Sutton had truly heard.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. God, I love me some Sutton. I have turned around on her. Wow. Yeah, I have to say, I've always liked her. I, I Since yeah. the first time we met her, I just, I hit it off with her.
1: I guess I've been kind of bewildered by her. I didn't mm-hmm. hate her. I just didn't get her. And I don't think I ever will get her but I appreciate her now for what she brings. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's interesting. Lisa Rinna said that she was tortured with all of it. And I actually do believe in a way that she realized that she was going to have to choose the show or her friendship with Denise and she chose the show. And it's interesting because she's had a lot of real life off screen friendships with co stars, like with Eileen, with Erica Jane. So it's interesting that this was the one that she chose not to kind of stick her neck out for.
0: It's really upsetting. Like, I, and I love Lisa Rinna. I'm so disappointed in her this season. I love the fact that she makes great TV and stirs the pot, but I feel for Denise. I think Denise has been an amazing mother. She took care of Charlie Sheen's kids when uh, like his kids with another woman, like both of them were unable to care for their children. Denise took them in and cared for them. Like, I feel like Denise has done so much to protect her children from the insane life and surroundings that they have. I just, I, I'm so far up on Denise's side on this, and I'm just done with those other ladies, except for Sutton.
1: <laughs> I think I'm in the middle. Like, I believe Denise is lying, and I wish she would shut up, because every right? time she tries to explain herself, it further exposes the lie. Right? I wish she would own up to it, because that would kind of end
0: everything, Right. I feel the same way. And I do think she's lying. Even though I am team Denise, I do absolutely think she's lying. And I just feel bad for her because she's in this custody thing. If, she, if we didn't know about this custody issue that she has with Charlie from earlier in the season, I would not have the patience that I have with her right now. What is
1: the custody issue?
0: I don't know because the girls are like teenagers. So I don't know what the deal is. I, I honestly, I probably should know, but I don't. But um, yeah, he came after her, and I'm not sure what the timeline was, like if it was after filming started or before filming, because if it was before filming, she should have bowed out. She should have said, I'm so sorry. I know I signed a contract, breach of contract. I'll do whatever I need to do. But she should have graciously bowed out at that point, I think.
1: Last week, Chadwick was on, uh, Chadwick Klein, and he said that Denise signed a four-year, $4 million contract. And I didn't realize it was a four-year contract. So that shocked me. I think that a lot of the reason the women are frustrated with Denise is that, yeah, she had her first season where she was off filming and busy. But now it's your second season. You got to get in with the girls. You got to film with them. You can't just leave anytime a conversation comes up that you're uncomfortable with. And you can't get away with things Mm -hmm. now. On the flip side, Kyle and Dorit have gotten away with a lot of things that haven't made their way onto the storyline. So I see where Denise is coming from with having boundaries. I get it. Mm -hmm.
0: I do. I definitely see. and, And the other women are into making a show and it's their job. So I can definitely see their apprehension with Denise not being so willing to share but just looking at her like a human being, I'm like, come on, she's going through so much.
1: But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, Denise, you shouldn't have taken the $4 million and come right? on the show when your kids aren't 18 yet and you still have an ex who is volatile. Like,
0: and, and that's come a great on. point. You know, that's a great point.
1: That annoys me because, mm-hmm. you know, I think Rinna has been very transparent on the show more than probably a lot of the other women. And so she's like, hey, I had so many things about my life exposed that I didn't want to. I came across looking terrible Mm -hmm. with the Munchausen's accusation. You know, I had just so many things. And you come here and you only show a certain side of yourself and then you shout bravo 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 whenever a conversation comes up that you don't like so you're getting paid more than all of us and then you're not doing the work and I think that's why they're so frustrated with her
0: makes sense I'd be frustrated too if it came down to money
1: You know, and I think that actually has a lot to do with it because Lisa Rinna was so pissed last year because she felt that Lisa Vanderpump was doing all the things with the dog because of a spinoff and that ended up being true. So Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, they don't want to be used and not, you know, valued the way that the other talent is valued. Exactly. So Garcelle asks uh, Denise, you know, is it true or not is it true but she said like why would brandy make up this rumor and then will there be text messages um which is funny because brandy did release text messages didn't she um in modern day i think she's teased them i don't think we've seen them okay um yeah it's so interesting just to see the different groups of women and uh, yeah anyways sutton brings everyone rain boots the next day, which is just very sudden and so fun. Ugh. I love that.
0: And I love that she had their initials put on them, like just such a sudden touch. She's
1: she's fun. Um, then we finally get to see Rina go over and see Denise. Um, what did you think of that conversation?
0: I love Denise. I do. And I love that she was like, you're a bad friend. <laughs> like you should have, if you knew this 24 hours, what they didn't say on camera which I wish they would have since they are breaking the fourth wall. I wish she would have said, even if you texted me on camera, like to where it's still on the show, but at least give me a heads up so I'm not at a table with six other women.
1: Didn't she kind of say that, though? Didn't Denise say like, hey,
0: you could have given me a heads up. You went the whole day. Exactly. She did say that. But I wish she would even said like, hey, even if it was on camera, like, let me know, like, you don't have to text me under the table and like make it seem like we're not having this conversation. But like, I think that would have been kind of interesting. But I think Lisa's a terrible friend. But she's
1: such a good friend to other people. So I'm trying to understand where the line is for Lisa Rinna.
0: I don't understand why, like, why, what's her issue with Denise? Because they were clearly friends. I don't understand.
1: I think there's just other things like I think Erin's behavior is Mm. some of it I think how she's refusing to do her job that she's getting paid money for she's not filming with all the women she's leaving she's you know shouting bravo and yelling at producers I mean I think for Rinna like those are all like I think in I don't know if I read this somewhere that Lisa Renna told Denise, I don't know if this is a good show for you to be on. Because everything that gets That sounds very Rena.
0: You know, I well, don't I know if this is for you. Yeah, that sounds very Rinna. And it might not be. Honestly, the fact that she's. And I've always been team Denise. But last week I was like, ugh, Denise. When she was like, that needs to be cut. And I was like, she shouldn't. This should not be on the show. Like if she's demanding requesting whatever things be cut from the show she shouldn't have a contract with the show even though I like her and I want her on the show I think that like crossed the line
1: I think so too and I can only imagine how many times she's done that and that's why so many of the women are frustrated with her
0: exactly we so, only saw it once but that doesn't mean it only happened once well she did it a couple
1: times where she shouted bravo 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 because Dorit said honey you have to stop saying that
0: yeah Right, that's true.
1: And they showed Ugh. back five weeks earlier. So how many times? So that's where I think it is for Rinna. It's like, I warned you that things mm-hmm. would come out and you didn't listen to me and now you're lying to me.
0: Right, and if anything, right, Rina puts it out there more than anybody. So that's why I think Rinna is frustrated.
1: So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of Lisa Rinna. I, I kind of apologize mm-hmm. for it because I know she can be mean and stuff, but mm-hmm. she meets you where you're at. And she wants you to own it. And Denise. Lisa
0: Rinna own it. I love, it. I, I do love her. I do. I'm a I fan like of her. Lisa Rinna's from days of our lives. Like, I think <laughs> she's amazing. I love her on housewives. Like, I think she makes great TV. I just am disappointed, you know, for Brandy's sake.
1: Ooh, for Denise's
0: sake. Thank you for saying <laughs> Denise's sake. It's like, I know. It's like, like all no, the... screw Brandy. I, I, right. I can't stand Brandy.
1: I'm fascinated by this brandy is a very messy troubled person so she may not she could be good for the show she may be too troubled for the show you know
0: it's it's sad to watch denise like i feel sad for her it's not it's it's not fun to watch her
1: she also it's definitely not fun to watch her but she also comes across to me as someone who's always gotten her way in how she is portrayed not not back in the day when her and Charlie were getting divorced and they had all these tabloids. But I right. feel like she built a protective wall around her and her girls after that point mm-hmm. and didn't let anyone penetrate it. And then I think maybe she thought it was safe to kind of step outside those gates. And then it clearly isn't. But at the same no. time, then don't run around with Brandy
0: of all people. That's what gets me. I'm like, she chooses the most toxic people. She chose uh, Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. She's married to crazy big Dick Aaron. And you're going to go dip in the lady pond of any woman you could have. You're going to go for Brandy the Lambville. Like her judgment is really, really. She must have some real like issues. I know. <laughs> like just seeing the people she picks.
1: Yeah. Something's going on there. Yeah. (sighs) So, yeah, I agree. Rena maybe should have given her a heads up, but it was good to see her be shocked at least because she was so shocked.
0: That reaction, like if if anybody believed it didn't happen just based on Denise's reaction, it's like, obviously they slept together. Like, obviously. Plus, if it didn't happen, why would you be so concerned? They would just be like, okay, whatever. Like, dig, dig, go for it. I have nothing to hide. Like, whatever.
1: It's also interesting, a lot of things that she says to Rinna later, she flips on. So she tells Rinna, because um, Renna's like, listen, if this isn't true, then like let's confront Brandy. And if it is true, talk to me, let me help you. And mm-hmm. I bet there would be a way for her to talk to Rinna off camera, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe she doesn't trust Renna at this point. And uh, when Denise tells her story, it does match Brandy's story that she said, well, I think she stayed overnight. And then later in the episode, she was like, and then she flew back, you know, and uh, I don't know. Then she tells, uh, she said, well, I never talked to Brandy or I don't know her that well. And then she's like, well, Brandy told me you guys were all saying negative things about me. And it's just, you know, it's like, stop. The more you share, the more the lies Mm.
0: come out. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Then we see Dorit and Kyle meet up for some wine and food, and Dorit orders an Italian. Of course, I am loving watching her do this. I thought it would be obnoxious. I find it very endearing.
0: I just want to spin off of Dorit in Italy. Like, I want to <laughs> see like how she would spend each one of her days. She just needs one mic and one camera, and just follow her around on the streets. That's all I need to see.
1: I love it. What did you think of Kyle interrupting Dorit and and the conversation they had about that?
0: Kyle's just so rude. I just, I am not a Kyle person. And Dorit was right. And I'm glad she stood up for herself. And I'm glad that it was addressed. And even at, at the end of their lunch, you know, everything was resolved. And Dorit even said, like, I'm not looking to hold on to this. You apologized. We'll move on. But then the next thing in Kyle's confessional, she's like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll you know try not to cut people off even if their stories are really long. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Kyle, we didn't get anywhere with that conversation. Done with you.
1: Ah, <sighs> and then they meet up with Sutton and they do private shopping at Dolce and Gabbana. <sighs> Loved this about Sutton.
0: Oh my God. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. First of all, what is Sophie's choice to have to decide to go shopping in a private Dolce & Gabbana uh, organized event or do the Ferrari and wine? I'm like, how do you choose? Oh, Ferrari and wine. Hands down. I would have done that also, especially with the people. I would have preferred to hang out with the people from the cars and wine, but I mean, that was pretty amazing too. And I'm not like, I love looking at fashion, but that's, if I had a ton of money, that's not how I would spend it. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not the fashion thing. Doesn't do it for me.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like, okay. I like it from afar, but it's not, maybe if I was in a different financial position, <laughs> I would be more into it, but uh Yeah.
1: It was just funny. She's like, I told Mr. Dolce that I was coming to Rome and he invited me to do private shopping. I didn't ask. I didn't have to ask. I loved it. I was like, yes, girl,
0: feel yourself. (laughs) She is exactly what a Beverly Hills housewife should be. That's what I want to see. I liked
1: it, but she's unsure of herself sometimes and other times she's super confident. So it was interesting that we see later on that she had so many issues there, uh trying on clothes, having a total breakdown, crying. She didn't fit into the clothes. I mean, oh my I loved God,
0: it. it was that shit crazy, and I loved it. but I mean,
1: who I mean, people can relate that is relatable being somewhere. Yeah trying on something and it not fitting the way that you expected it to
0: yeah yeah and the fact that she's in Italy and is like oh I shouldn't eat that and I'm like you're in Italy eat all the bread eat all the pasta but she's like no I need to fit in my clothes and I love her for it the fact that she had a breakdown in a private dressing room at Dolce & Gabbana when it was literally just the salesperson and her friends in there is exactly why I'm watching Beverly Hills. I love
1: it. <laughs> As Brian Moylan calls it, rich women doing things.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so then the other women, they, uh, Erica and Rinna and Garcelle and Denise, and we see Garcelle kind of convince Denise to kind of go out with all the women and we're in Italy Turns out later Denise admits that she tried to hightail it out of there and get a flight and she couldn't get a flight with the
0: airline. So. Yeah. That was disappointing to hear. Like you just can't leave Denise. Come on.
1: But that seems to be her MO. I mean, she's every scene that she has been in, she just leaves and there's just so many ways to diffuse it rather than to Mm -hmm. storm off. And I think the women just were getting tired of it, but so they uh, – it's so funny. They all go drive these Ferraris to an underground wine cellar below the street and do wine tasting. And Rinna is sporting a Dr. Burke scarf. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I made a meme. I'm not very good at making memes, but <laughs> – I made one of her and Dr. Birx, both in these like fabulous like wraparound scarves. And then I wrote something about how I think Rinna should be on the White House COVID task force and just make them all own it. Maybe we'd have a national like testing strategy. She's got the wardrobe for it. And oh, she it liked it. I loved
0: it. I loved it. She
1: commented, I was laughing so hard. Um, she did?
0: Oh my God, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, she wrote, because I was like, imagine we may have like a testing strategy if Rena was there. And then she wrote, imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. She's perfect.
1: She has a sense of humor, you know? That's why. Oh, like, totally. I totally. I know people love Denise. I don't think she has a sense of humor about the show. She has an uncomfortable relationship with herself as a housewife. And it's not as fun for me to watch because she seems so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Oh, they have that conversation where, you know, Garcelle's like, it's so nice to all be together in this like smaller group, you know? And then she's like, how could you guys be chummy after what happened last night? And. And um, Denise talks about how in her family, when things happen, you would talk about your feelings, but like, then you let it roll off your back, you apologize, and you move on. I mean, it's interesting, like, she felt everyone was coming at her, and then her and Erica have this conversation. What did you think about, like, Erica trying to sort of talk her through what went on with Aaron?
0: I felt like Erica was channeling Teddy in the, like, you need to be accountable kind of way. And I appreciate that from Erica. She just wanted her to, like, Lisa Rena own it. And Denise wasn't looking to fight. I really think Denise just wants to put this to bed. And she would have just kind of said anything at that point just to, like, let it be over. And, um, I mean, it was... It is what it is. I don't think they want to be friends. I don't think that there's any love going to be lost between Denise and Erica. And I really thought they were going to be friendly earlier in the season. Maybe they will. Erica even mentioned that she's moved so far with Dorit and PK after Gate. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like it was, we're just going to have this conversation just so we can be done with it. And maybe I didn't feel as much resolution, but it was an agree to disagree and move on kind of thing, which As an audience member, I appreciate.
1: Yeah, I felt like she was really uh, channeling Tom Girardi, her husband, with kind of like presenting the facts, being Mm -hmm. very, you know, like not getting heated about it, Um, but then saying, hey, like I can move past this. I don't, you know, want to hold you responsible for his behavior um, right. At the same time, like, we can move on, you know? <laughs> I've moved on with PK and Dorit. Uh, she did kind of insinuate that she wanted an apology from Aaron. At the same time, I don't know how you can defend how he spoke to Erica and the other women. It's und—it's not defensible. Even if you love uh, Denise.
0: And I think it was even really generous of Erica to say that, like in her confessional, she's like, I think he was just sticking up for his wife, which I can appreciate. And, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Like, well, it's like that thing, like you're judged by your actions, not your intentions. Mm -hmm. And sure, his intention Mm -hmm. might've been to look out for his wife, but that's not how it came across to the women in the area, in the group. So... Yeah, that's I, a, that put a really weird damper on this season for me. I really, the whole Aaron thing, like I really didn't, the Aaron really was a dark cloud on this season for me.
1: I think so too. I'm wondering if at the reunion, Denise finally, after seeing the footage, understands how he came across. I have a feeling she won't acknowledge it, but let me tell you, if any man talked to her like that, or another person talked to her daughters like that, she would not be happy.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: So then we get to the dinner where both Erica and Dorit uh, have Marilyn Monroe looks.
0: (laughs) Dorit's 45 minutes late. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Dorit is just, she's just so Dorit. She's so Dorit.
1: I've really grown to like her.
0: I can't believe I not only like her, but I feel myself siding with her often. And all the things that used to drive me crazy, I think, are kind of cute. Like her being late, I think, is so obnoxious. But the fact that it pissed uh, Kyle off made me really happy.
1: <laughs> same,
0: same. <laughs> Love that. Is Kyle's issue, like she is so like upset about Dorit's glam. Like I don't know why that's such a trigger for her.
1: I feel like it must go back to her childhood and Big Kathy and her sisters or something. Like everything with Kyle seems to go back to her troubled childhood as a, you know, sister of a star and as a child star in her own right.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. See, that's when Kyle's at her best. I want Kyle in the dynamic of a sisterhood. Kyle on her own, I'm not interested.
1: Yeah, I appreciate her more when Kim is around. So the conversation goes towards Rena's dancing on Instagram. And, you know, they're all joking about it and how her mom, Lois, you know, loves Rena dancing. And Garcelle's comment, she said, I love that Lisa's free enough to do the videos and be dancing, but dancing nearly naked isn't a choice for me um, if I had a daughter who had body issues.
0: And that's how you read. Reading is fundamental, she just took Rinna to the library and she's right. Like Lisa Rinna is not doing anything wrong with her dancing videos, but if you have given birth to a child, a young adult now who has these issues that could potentially kill her, stop, stop. And the fact that she commented on how many likes Lois had just shows how much she values that um, commentary that she gets from Instagram, and that's I think projected and put into her kids' mind. It's all a mess. Gar- Garcelle was absolutely right. Yeah, I
1: I was kind of shocked by the the fact that she even brought it up. But I've always thought it'd be different if Rena had a different body. Mm-hmm. I think if Rena was not this like insanely, almost unhealthy skinny. You right. know, for, especially right. for her age to have uh-huh. given birth and gone through menopause and, and right. look.
0: There's not an ounce of fat on that body, except for her lips.
1: <laughs> we know where that comes from.
0: Exactly.
1: So, you you know, it's, I always, you know, she's showing off her body. It's not just her having fun dancing. Like if it's just her wearing clothes dancing,
0: it would be totally different different,
1: but her really focusing on her slim figure knowing that her daughter has so many issues I I get it I I get what Garcelle at first I was like I can't believe she brought Rena's daughters into this but I think all's fair if it's been on the show before you can bring it up
0: yeah and she's right so yeah Lisa needs to listen to that and really think about that
1: then erica kind of brings up to the group the conversation she had with denise about aaron and teddy is not having it she is just like denise is like he has so much respect for all of you and <laughs> that he's like that, he doesn't i don't know why denise is just full of shit with a lot of things like she is a likable person and she is really fun to watch on camera and i am rooting for her she's an incredible mom and you mm-hmm. know she's a good human being But my God, she is so full of shit. I would be so frustrated to watch her behavior does not line up with the words that come out of her mouth.
0: And then specifically in this last segment of this episode, she just every time she opened her mouth, she sounded more and more ridiculous. She dug another foot in her grave as far as her relationship with these women and her case in this like she's done. She's done.
1: And I think, you know, she just gets up
0: and leaves, doesn't she, next episode? It looks like it. That's well, probably... uh, I was looking. Um, there's only next episode and then one more. That's it? So there's one more. There's one episode till the finale. Oh, my God. So this That's, is almost over.
1: I, it seems like it kind of happened pretty quick. It's a shorter season.
0: It feels that way. I think maybe because there was that break. So we're only like Six or seven episodes in now since the break, so it feels really short. But but even still, it might. Yeah, it does still feel like a short season, though. You're right.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel as long as some of the others. Right. Then it comes. uh, Kyle is talking about how upset she was over what happened, and I'm like, Oh my god, Kyle, you can't make anything without centering yourself. This had nothing to do with Kyle. And Garcelle's like, You know, how do we move forward? And I agreed with Garcelle basically every time she talks, she was like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she didn't think Denise defended herself well and wishes she would have been like, this is what I did. This is how I feel. This is what I didn't do. And you guys are crazy. Let's move on. But because she's caught in a lie, I think she's having trouble.
0: Exactly. Garcelle really is the voice of reason mm-hmm. who doesn't get mixed up in all this petty drama. Like the things that these women like hone in on and hold on to, Garcelle's just like, no, we're going to move on. And I love that. We need that on this show.
1: We do. I can- I'm can't. i so excited for her to hopefully be here to stay.
0: Oh, God, I hope so.
1: So there's a couple times that Denise, again, like digs her own grave. She said, you know, that... Brandy flew up to do the podcast and flew down to LA after that that was different and other things she said on camera before she exactly. also said that Brandy knew everything about what was going on with the group again she's admitting that she spoke to Brandy different from what she said last week so yeah. you know and then she's like I've also heard things about all of you and Erica's like honey then just say it she's like I won't there's a line But then she says it. She's like, by the way, Brandy said she's had sex with everyone that she's come in contact with, including some of the people in this group, insinuating that it would be Kyle and Renna. First of all, why would it be Kyle and Is Are those the only two that have spoken to Brandy? Like, why wouldn't it be? I guess Teddy doesn't know her that well. Dorit, Erica. I don't know.
0: Erica seems like the one who would be most down for me. I mean, yeah. if I was to say which one of these ladies is going to have a three or you know have a you know a dip in the lady palm with Brandy Glanville, hmm. I would think Denise or Erica.
1: And so I think that uh, Rinna and Kyle are just really frustrated that Denise is then now stating lies about them when they really had nothing to do with any of this.
0: Exactly. So. exactly. what a mess. Yeah, it, it's it's a mess, and the fact that this mess is going to be wrapped up in just a couple short weeks, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of resolution about this Brandy-Denise thing. Like, I think it's just going to be one of those things that, like, I don't think we'll ever get an answer. It's just going to be kind of one of those things that you just have to interpret it. It's like the end of The Sopranos. It's <laughs> up for our own interpretation.
1: Well, I think it happened, and Denise just doesn't want to admit it, and... You know, if that means that she cheated on her husband, then it means she
0: cheated on her husband. I definitely think it happened. And I don't know. Brandy keeps on saying she's got receipts, but like all she's really shown her is that like blurry ass picture. And, you know, maybe a while ago she did send some uh, share some text messages, but there was nothing on it that was like blatant. Like, hey, I, I don't remember. No, seeing- I think it was
1: proving that she stayed overnight in Denise's okay. room.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's already been. Deep. Well, and you know, a lot of people are talking about the timeline on all these things, like because they went to BravoCon and they went from BravoCon straight to Italy. But then they're saying that the uh, scene at Kyle's house with Brandy, Kim, Teddy, you know, it is saying oh. the whole revelation, like that was a pickup scene and that was shot after the whole thing, the whole timeline is very strange. So,
1: and then Sutton says I heard this rumor two years ago did she really say two years ago
0: did they even know each other two years ago but like why would Sutton make that up and even Sutton's like no my friend has nothing to gain out of this like if my friend said she heard it, it means she heard it. it doesn't mean it's true but it came to my friend and I love that Sutton was like I would never mention that at the dinner table <laughs> oh my god
1: where do we go from here
0: I don't know. I don't know where we go with this franchise. I feel like this franchise needs a really, I I think, and I liked Lisa Vanderpump. I was never like a huge Lisa fan, a huge Kyle fan. So that whole thing last year just didn't really interest me. I think this season being like Kyle on the throne is not working. Mm -mm. She is not a strong leader. She needs her sister on the show with her for her to be interesting. I'd like to see Garcelle take the lead spot next year. Like, I'd like to see the show around Garcelle. I think she's phenomenal. She's interesting. And the best part is that she's nice and she thinks about people's feelings. And I think that's a switch on Bravo that I'd like to see. Not just rewarding bad behavior all the time.
1: I also really want to see Cynthia Bailey join the cast of Beverly Hills. She's already in LA. She's friends with Garcelle. It makes sense
0: bring on I love Cynthia and I don't love her on Atlanta. I did for a while, but that dynamic just isn't fitting for her anymore. It doesn't make sense for her to be in Atlanta with her daughter and her uh fiance living together in California. Come on.
1: Yeah. Let's bring her on Beverly Hills and That's see her get crammed idea. up and oh it'd be so fun. Here for it. Here, here for, for it. it. So Ashley, thank you so much for being on this week. Where can everyone I love talking to you. Thank you. We love it. We just need, we we just keep it keep the DMs going, chatting while we watch these shows.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I love it and I love following you on Twitter. I am here for your commentary on all things.
1: Oh god, too much covid commentary. I need to chill out.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love hearing from educated people who actually know what they're talking about. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs>
1: It's true. Um, I aspire to be as educated as uh, Dr. Wendy.
0: (laughs) We all aspire to be as educated as as Dr. Wendy. (laughs) Wendy is a goal for all of us.
1: Where can everyone find your podcast and where can they find you on social media?
0: Um, The podcast is, well, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find it on on com. That's where you'll find the articles I write, all the reality articles I write for Taste of Reality, podcast episodes uh live events merch and I'm on social um Instagram on this day entertainment I think Twitter it's on this day and you know so many (laughs) letters and uh Facebook on this day entertainment and there's a Facebook group called the Fanny Pack where a bunch of us fans get together and talk about all the things in entertainment that we love oh I love that I feel like very Jesse Spano. Like, I, w- I wanted to be like, because I'm a fan girl, but we have guys in the fanny pack. So I'm like, are we fan girls, fan boys, fan persons, fan people? I was like, we're just like a, fac- a pack of fans. And I was like, we're a fanny pack. And I love a fanny pack. I've been a fanny pack enthusiast for at least a decade. And my friends have made fun of me for it for so long and now that they're like stylish. They I'm are. just loving this. I'm loving people it. People
1: wear them like on their hip like to the side. It looks those good. Are cool
0: people. <laughs> yeah, those cool I don't know if I could get it, away like, with across it. Across <laughs> their chest. See, I have a belly and I love a fanny pack because it hides my belly and it's very strategic. And you get to be hands-free, so it's a win all around. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, I'll need to go join the fanny pack after this. <laughs>
0: please do. Oh my gosh. We just got a new member, Mr. Martini Mike from the Real Housewives of New York. He's now Ooh. a member of the fanny pack on Facebook and Martini I am Mike. dead. Martini yes. Mike. Martini Mike, I died. I was like, oh my God, Martini Mike is alive. Yeah, awesome. I'm
1: totally going to join this. Everyone, please go join the fanny pack on Facebook.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Well thank you so much for joining and for gabbing all things housewives. Always love chatting with you.
0: Back at you babe. And have a wonderful week. Thank you you too. Stay safe.